Hello and welcome to the Catholic Link Podcast, the podcast for busy Catholics. My name is Father Rob Adams, and once again, I am so grateful to be joined by Father George Elliott. Good to have you on again. Great to be here. Thanks for having me. So I tried to set myself up there because I'm clever. Big brain moment. I said grateful. Wow. See, and that is the theme of this episode. So once again, we've been doing categories to try to help organize the the content for the podcast. And today I want to talk about prayer and spirituality, because I think a lot of a lot of good Catholic podcasts don't go deep enough in this area. And I'm not I'm not talking about the pie in the sky type stuff. Like we're not talking about the seven mansions of the soul, right? Seven interior castles or anything. I want to talk about your daily practice of Catholicism, which is expressed by prayer and spirituality. And today one of the things that I'm thinking about in this month of November is the need for mercy and gratitude. And I think that, I believe Thomas Merton said that these are the fundamental traits of the priest and of the Christian in general. Wow. You know, I can't say that I agree with a ton of what Thomas Merton says, but I think I do agree with that. But I think it's really interesting that you chose, you know, specifically gratitude and mercy to go together. I, th- I think they're they're both, you know, very important, obviously, in the Christian life. But why, why do, did you tie the two of those together? Yeah. So I actually did steal this from Merton. So I'm from Kentucky, and Merton uh, was a monk in Kentucky. So I feel like I have to read him. I've never, never actually read him before. Um, and uh, and I got to say, his a lot of people like they say like, oh, I love early Merton. I've been reading his his book, The Sign of Jonas, and it it is good. I. I don't know that early Merton is as good as everybody like makes it out to be. I find his piety a little bit saccharine, kind of syrupy and painful. But Jesus, that's that's clear. But he does believe in Jesus at this point. So that's that's good. Exactly. Um, But, but, uh, you know, he he says this thing I hadn't thought of is actually like a couple of days before he was ordained a priest. He wrote in his journal that uh, mercy and gratitude are the fundamental traits of the priest, but also the Christian. And I was thinking about that. And what he what he was going for is that the priest is supposed to be another Christ, right? Uh, He stands in persona Christi Caputis, right? In the person of Christ, the head. And, And if that's true, that's why the church makes the priest live a holy life, right? Yeah. Like the holiness of a priest isn't just because like, oh, the sacraments are amazing. And they are. The holiness of the priest is because like, you're the one who says, this is my body. There's supposed to be a kind of like equal sign between you and Jesus. Right. At least it should not be a totally does not equal. Right. At, at right. <laughs> more like like the squiggly equal sign, like more or less. Yeah, like more or less. <laughs> um, I, I'm sure like this is something I'm sure every priest has had at least once. If you've ever said mass in a parish for more than a week, there's some little kid who's going to come up to you and they're going to call you Jesus or God. Yes. You ever had that happen? Oh, yeah. It's actually, um, I mean, here in East Texas, we've got a, a ton of Hispanic masses and families and things of that sort, and they're wonderful. But it's always the little Mexican boys that come up and they're like, Eres Dios? <laughs> yes. Yes. Like, no, but I work for them. <laughs> this is where you this is where you hold your hands out and cackle with lightning. Unlimited power. <laughs> but but even then, like there's a there's a there's a good there's a good and super real intuition there that these people have. You know, like Christ says that the 
that the things have been hidden from the wise and the learned and revealed to the simple. This is that, right? There's supposed to be a very strong connection between the life of the priest and the life of Jesus. Now, what are the fundamental categories, uh, fundamental attitudes of the heart of Jesus? I'm sure you could get into all of these, like wisdom and divine charity. And okay, yeah. But let's just look at how it actually works in the gospel, right? So number one is mercy. Mercy is not just overlooking sin. Mercy is this bigger thing of reaching out and helping, right? That's why the church has the 14 different works of mercy, seven corporal or body and seven spiritual works of mercy. That mercy, I believe in the in the Eastern Christian tradition, we would call it economy, right? Mm. Not not so much, not so much, and that's a, that's a guess. I could be wrong. I'm sure some brilliant Orthodox theologian would smack me for saying that, but um, I think there's, I think they would probably call it economy, not like the dollars economy, but economy meaning the things God does outside of His own life. Mm, yeah, yeah, and I think. I'm not entirely sure if this is going to connect into where we're going um, or where you're hoping to go with this podcast, but uh, also one of the things with with mercy, it's a sign of super abundance as yep. well. You know, like when you think of the the parable of the the wealthy king who forgives the servant this you know immense debt, the king is able to be merciful because he is so immensely wealthy that he can he can give out of his super abundance. Mm-hmm. Right. It's actually like mercy is um it's kind of connected to this idea of the infinitude of God, that Christ could come in and, and so to speak, swallow up the darkness of sin uh, because of his superabundance. Uh, there you go. There you go. And so at least let's look at the priest, right? The priest is supposed to recognize that he's been given uh superabundance, that God has given us whole lot of good stuff. Now let's keep this from being just about priests, right? Let's look at the, just the baptized. What is it to be a Christian? Well, sure. Like, okay. The the average Christian doesn't stand in the place of Christ, the head. And, you know, while everybody's called to holiness, people get it. If you're not exactly perfect. Okay. But the normal average garden variety Christian is also a recipient of immense grace, right? Yeah. And it's called really, I mean, if you look at like the writings of Paul, he's like, yeah, you know, my, my fellow Christians called to be saints, right? Yep. Even if it's not a perfect response, there's, there's at least that high call that no, like we're all called to, to look a lot like Christ. Yeah. Right. Right. That there, that there is a, there is an expectation that it's not, it's not, it's not optional to be holy, but that holiness is, is not, is not supposed to be like a, a pull yourself up by your bootstraps, right? I'm going to call that the Jesuit approach, right? Where I, my favorite thing in Rome, I remember there was this retreat center we went to and they had something written on the wall. I said, be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect. And I was like, maybe not the right thing to have on the wall, like at a retreat center. <laughs> at a retreat center, yeah. I, I don't know, man. But, Did they put it like right outside of the confessional or something? So you walk no, it, and just- it's like right <laughs> on the front door. <laughs> You're like, Gosh. wow, okay. Um, <laughs> boom i think pope francis actually went there at some point and i was like maybe he could be like hey don't but whatever you know whatever he's a jesuit <laughs> so good for him but uh but i think that this this call to mercy right is something that we don't talk about enough so we don't talk about it number one in terms of mercy in terms of forgiveness because like that parable you're talking about the king we have to forgive because we've been forgiven 
Mm. Because, you know, and Jesus is very clear that our forgiveness will be given to us in the measure that we offer to others. Yeah. It's even in the Lord's Prayer. As we forgive those who trespass against us, we are very, I know, I say this just maybe not as a priest, but even just as a as a Christian. Sometimes it's easy, especially if you're a believer and you struggle, like the church is it can be seen like it's going crazy, your assignment can be hard. Sometimes it can be really easy to like hold a grudge, even about something justified, right? So like, yeah. uh, let's say, you know, there's a family that got mad at me and they tore me a new one on, on social media. They wrote mm-hmm. a whole thing about what a terrible person I was and all that. And I still sometimes find myself kind of like holding a grudge, you know? Yeah. And I think, I think Jesus tells us is pretty clear that if I expect any kind of forgiveness, I have to offer it even, even and more than that, even going what you're saying about super abundance, I have to recognize that the debt owed to me is smaller than the debt that I owe. Yeah. Yeah. That, that super abundant generosity from God, I am simply passing it on. And, and whatever I may lose in giving this kind of mercy or this, you know, being generous to these, these other people, God is standing right behind me, filling that gap. Exactly. And it's, and it's weird because if we don't, if we don't think about that ever in our Christian life, we only think about this in the confession line, we are missing a a fundamental part of, of the Christian heart, right? Now with that, Let's go to, to the, the second point, which is tied very close to that, is gratitude. It's to recognize that I have been given so much. You know, mm-hmm. I can't be merciful if I don't recognize I have a super abundance to give out. Right. If I think I've only got three toys and you want one of them, now I'm down a toy, you know? Right. Yeah. They think of it almost like a zero, zero sum game. If you mm-hmm. don't, it's given by God. And just just psychologically, too. I mean, you will live a much happier and more fulfilled life if you approach life with a sense of gratitude. Yeah, I, yeah. I remember listening to I listened to a talk by a, a Zen priest and uh, and she she was talking about something that I, I just couldn't get it out of my head entirely. And it was like, we have to learn to be grateful for the chance not only to be alive, which is itself kind of wild that we're alive instead of not alive. But she was saying like, you even have to learn to start thinking about the opportunity to serve others as a, as a moment for gratitude. Like you have the ability, not only, not only just like by your position, but like I'm alive and I'm not sick so I can help in the kitchen, you know, but also that I, by, by my work, I can make other people's lives better. And I, I thought about that actually. I have a lady in the nursing home. She's great. She's kind of kind of nuts, but the nursing home is an hour away, Ooh. one way, and it's still within my parish bounds because, of course, it is. Right. <laughs> and it's uh, and it's one Catholic. Is one Catholic in the nursing home, and she wants communion, and it's it's an hour down like a really scary road. It's not like a highway. It's like a. That's right. No service. Yeah, yeah it's a thing. Crazy hairpin turns. Yeah. And like there's coal trucks going like 90 miles an hour. And like, <laughs> it's a, it's a thing. 
It's we'll a mountain road. Yeah. <laughs> so I was doing this and I had I had the host with me in the car. Like I was driving out there and in in my head I was kind of like, man, really this is I'm going to be in her room for all of like 10 minutes. I'm going to anoint her. I'm going to give her communion. We're going to have a nice little chat. And then I'm going to be back in the car for another hour. And then I thought, and I actually remembered this talk and I thought like, you know, the ability to go out and, and bring Christ to this lady is a privilege. Yeah. And if, if I don't start to see my life like that, I'm going to get bitter. Yeah, there's, uh, so I went on a long binge of kind of like businessy, potly businessy leadership podcasts because it just runs several things. And I was like, man, I'm a priest. I don't know how to do any of this. So I started yeah. doing all that, <laughs> studying a lot of that stuff, reading a ton of books. And there's one concept that seems to be growing in at least a certain part of the kind of like business leadership world. And that's, that's the concept of adding value. Mm -hmm. uh, and when I really sit back and think about the happiest people that I know, they're the people who both add value to other people's lives and and recognize that. Mm. And, and they're happy with that, right? They recognize it like, yeah, you know, I want to do this. I now have a purpose in life, so to speak, mm -hmm. uh, which, you know, if we're going to have this amazing thing of, of a life and being able to exist and, you know, not be sick and all those things, then... Um, we should have some sort of, of direction to it, right? Yeah. No, that's that's a great way to look at it, that I have to see, and like I said, this isn't just for a priest. This is everybody, right? All you parents out there who take care of snotty toddlers and all you, all you oldest siblings who got stuck taking care of your parents in their old age, you know, people who, who are healthcare professionals, teachers, you know, just keep going down the line we add value to other people's lives. And that sounds really secular, but from the Christian point of view, it's even stronger, right? That because we have the life of Jesus, there's two things that happen. Number one, our ministry to others is Christ's ministry to others, right? Christ yeah. acts through us. That's what baptism is. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. So when I add value, it's also I'm adding God to them. I'm bringing the divine and the transcendent to them. So that means even if my job for, quote, helping others is tiny, like peeling potatoes in a kitchen, at least peel the potatoes so that the divine can shine through a little bit, you know? Yeah. Um, to make even a parallel to, um, you know, that like you were literally carrying the host to her, right? Really, if you think about it, like it's kind of a privilege to be able to drive around with Jesus, right? Yeah. Um, that like you know, in your car there, you are, you're, you're carrying Christ to someone and, and just the simple ability to be with him in that time, you know, like you get an hour of like just you and Jesus, you know, hanging out, listening to podcasts or whatever father Rob does when he's driving an hour through back roads. Um, See, I try, I try to be, I try to be really, really devout when I take the host like places. So my uh -huh. personal rule, and I don't, I don't think this is the rule for everybody. It's just what I do. Like uh -huh. it's, I do total silence. And so I'm like, man, having the host in the car is terrible. <laughs> like <laughs> the evil part of me, I was, we just talked about this in our podcast about praying for the dead. Sometimes if you're a bad person, God makes your life worse. Um, <laughs> but, but like, I'm, I'm like, you know, Jesus, I'm glad you're here, but if you weren't here, we could be listening to some punk rock. So, you know, <laughs> just saying. 
<laughs> just saying. But you know, it's <laughs> the point that I'm trying to get to is that even you know that that concept of add value, which really is you know it's it's an act of uh, of charity, right? It's kind of theologically what we would call it. And, and you know, charity is not just doing something nice. Or, you know, when we when we live out that charity, we're actually we are acting with Christ, right? There's a there's a union between us and God in every single act of charity, assuming we're in the state of grace. Um, that is actually the highest dignity of the Christian, mm-hmm. right? Participate and act in and with God. And even for a person who's not in the state of grace, when you do these things, you are, I think, I think the Council of Trent says that you are working towards the grace of repentance. Yeah. You know, so I want people, so they don't feel like, you know, oh, well, you know, I, I messed up and I need to go to confession. So now I can't do anything good. It's like, well, no, like even doing things that are good when you're in a state of sin can help bring you to repentance and and in a very full and fruitful way. So I just, I want people to realize like that, that union with Christ, even when it is severely damaged through grave sin, it, it, it doesn't erase baptism. And, and I think right. that's, that's something that's, that's, uh, it's something to be grateful for, right? Like, um, so anyway, sorry, I've been, we've been, we've been having fun about this. We're probably getting sure. short on time, but I, I do think, I you know, nerding out about <laughs> yeah, nerding out about spiritual stuff. They never thought I would be that way. But, but I think, I think Christians in general, particularly in this month of November, as we're celebrating, you know, secular Thanksgiving and all that, I would just challenge us maybe to learn to have a little bit of these attitudes of Christ in our hearts, that if you want the practice of your faith, not just the knowledge and not just the the morality, but actually the the, the unifying practice of your faith, um, if you want that to be more fruitful, try to add some mercy and and an awareness of the great blessings that you've been given through and responding gratitude. Because I think that if you start to be conscious of this, it'll start to play out in your life and it'll make it worth it. Absolutely. Well, thank you again, Father George, for being on today. This has been a lot of fun. I want to encourage everybody to head on over to catholiclink.org, where you can find all of our previous podcasts and lots of great materials you can use to uh, to deepen your faith. That's over at catholiclink.org. In particular, I want to plug our small group initiative that we are just getting started. You can find all the information and how to sign up over there at catholiclink.org. Until next time, my name is Father Rob Adams. Thank you for listening, and God bless you.